I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on the cost of living crisis. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. It seems every time we look, every time we go to pay a bill, buy something, check something out, our subscriptions, the price has gone up. Some dollar stores now start at $1.25. Subway and road tolls have gone up, and it's harder than ever for many working families to put food on the table and maintain their standard of living. So what is going on? We wanted to do a whole show around this and kind of get a big picture, as well as some personal advice, some takeaways for you about what we can do. And uh, we've got a great panel to help us do just that. So joining me is Melanie Perry. She's a financial advisor. Um, her company is called Zillionaire Enterprises. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is Yahira Tejeda. She is a mother of three children, ranging in age from nine to 18. Yahira, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president and portfolio manager for Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me again on, Lisa. Mark, I want to start with you. What is really going on? Is this all because of inflation? Yeah, inflation is everywhere. It's 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 a, a something you can't get rid of. Um, inflation, for those of you who don't know, it, inflation is the cost of goods, services that rise over time, and it rises over time. And and so, what the federal government has a mandate, especially specifically the Federal Reserve, uh, Jerome Powell being the chair of the Federal Reserve. Um, their mandate as a Fed is to keep inflation around 2%. Uh, unfortunately, during the pandemic, we saw inflation spike to north of 8%, uh, four times what the Fed wants inflation to be. And so you saw the cost of eggs go up. Cardi B talked about it on one of her Instagram stories, how she was looking at how, how much vegetables and eggs were. Um, you, you heard about all the different, you can look at when you see the gas prices all around the country, gas was up during the pandemic substantially. It's up 10% this month. Um, and it, you you look at this correct used car, probably the busy, biggest example of inflation, you saw that a used car was going for 65% more than it was prior to the pandemic. And then the last piece is housing. You see it all of the rent, uh, the cost of homes around the country, all that makes up inflation. And it, it basically brings by, uh, down your buying power as an American. And that's what we're seeing going on right now. Yahira Tahiti, you have three children. Tell us how how you've noticed things going up or what impact it's had on you and your family budget. Um, it's had a huge impact. Um, from grocery shopping, milk, um, it, it goes having three boys. I have three boys. So just in milk alone, I buy maybe four gallons of milk a week. And just in that when I was paying two and some change, two sixty-nine, now I'm looking at almost five dollars for a gallon of milk. Um, and that's just like in groceries. But when it comes even to school, school supplies, school uniforms, um, I was looking at maybe, I think $11, $13 for a, a school polo shirt. And now it's like $25 for one. Wow. Uh, impact it has caused. And even for my college student, um, I was looking at the ranks of the, how much the tuition is, um, tuition went up. Even um, the meal plans have gone up. Uh, I looked how it was last year compared to this year, and it went up $1,000. Um, they have to be mand mandated to be in the meal plans. It's not like an option where I could just go food shopping for him and send it to him. Um, they have to be in that meal plan. 
So I'm looking at 3500 per semester just on the meal plan alone for the one in college. Um, the way it has impacted me, um, even for um, summer programs, my two little ones were not able to enroll this summer because I'm saving up for my son's tuition, which he started in August. So there was no summer camp for them um, this year. And now paying for his tuition um, out of pocket because I'm trying to avoid student loans for him. Um, it's huge, uh, the amount that's being spent. So just you're looking at every single dollar basically at this point. Absolutely. Every penny counts at this point. No, and I think a lot of a lot of people are in the same same situation. Melanie, what kinds of things are you dealing with with, with some of your clients and when you see this going on? Well, you know, having to make sure that clients are staying in tune to their budget and being mindful of their spending, of course, is something that we I always have a conversation with them on. Um, it's tough. It's, it's tough when you realize that things have doubled and tripled over time. Um, but what we have to, what I encourage them to keep in mind is not to fall into the scarcity mode and not to fall into kind of the 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 present situation at hand in the sense that you know, there's where there's a will, there's a way. And so when we're looking at the pricing increasing, look at other ways in which you can try to mitigate expenses or, you know, what are some things you could possibly sell? You know, oftentimes we have stuff that we haven't used and that's how we can begin to increase income because we can only bring our budget down, but so much. If you cut out cable or if you cut out, you know, various kind of entertainment type of expenses that are not necessities, then you, that's, you know, pretty much as far as you can go with that because you can't cut out food, you can't cut out rent, you can't cut out, you know, the basic things. So you have to begin to look at how can you increase income at a certain point. All right. When we come back, we're going to find out what our experts and uh, our, our mother trying to raise her kids or three kids have to say about all of these indexes we hear and these measurements, which ones can we believe? Because some say, well, things aren't really that bad. Others say, watch out, it's only gonna get worse. We're gonna find out what our panel has to say when we come back, stay with us. Yo, what up, this your homie Ace Hood and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on the cost of living crisis. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining us for this conversation, Melanie Perry, she's a financial advisor. Her company is Zillionaire Enterprises. Also with us is Yahira Tejeda. She's a mother of three, ranging in age from three boys, ranging in age from nine to 18. And also with us is Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president and portfolio manager with Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, we, we're starting to hear mixed messages, you know, little bits and snippets here in the news. This index is looking good. Inflation is really coming down. But yet a lot of people are going through what Yahira described, you know, every time she's going to pay a bill or buy food for her boys, something has, has gone up. What should we really be believing here? You should believe what you are experiencing every single day. If your cost of groceries is not going down, if your gas prices are not going down, if your rent's not going down, nothing has changed. And that's what happens to the vast uh, majority of the American public is that they haven't experienced any of this um, um, deflation, which is what is being prophesied to all the major business channels. Um, and, and the reason why they're saying inflation is going down is because of two main reasons. Energy had gone down quite precipitously um, earlier this year. And then also 
you're seeing real estate kind of level off. You're not seeing these crazy spikes in real estate around the country. In fact, many areas of the country, prices of homes are coming down, although be uh, slightly, it's still happening. And so those two things, energy and real estate, have attributed to inflation ticking down. But if, you look, if you're trying to buy a flight to go anywhere, you notice that the, uh, the, the cost of tickets are still sky high, hotels are sky high, a food cost sky. So all of that being said, and CPI, which is a level of inflation, came out just today and showed that inflation has ticked up for the first time in a while. So all the, that's the, well, hold on to the, and that you're talking about the CPI, the consumer price index, right? Correct. Correct. Correct, Lisa. And that is a gauge of inflation around the country. It ticked up today. And so what does that mean? The Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, is going to have to go and raise rates. That means your credit card bills are going to be higher. Uh, the interest on your credit card bills, that means that the cost of uh, you know getting a, whole, uh, a car and leasing it, those interest rates will go higher. Uh, it also means that if you have money in the bank, your money market account goes higher so you get more interest. So there's, there's uh, positives and negatives to all this, but it's definitely going to be more expensive to buy a home if rates continue to go up like they are. Melody, at a time like this, a lot of people end up having to use credit cards more than they want to just to make their monthly expenses and to maintain things. How dangerous is that now when you know a lot of people got cards and accounts when interest rates were lower, but many of those cards have these variable interest rates? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a tough gamut there. If you're not bringing in the income to cover the expenses, then sometimes, you know, that default is to swipe the card, especially when things are a bit tight, but I encourage people to really be purposeful and be very mindful of how they're spending. So, um, yes, Yahara, as I think I pronounced your name correctly. So when you're, you know, faced with, and other moms are faced with, you know, um, college costs, having boys that eat you out of house and home, three. you know, if they're right, three boys of all that. You know, it's really a, a, a process of helping your kids also understand, hey, look, things are tight. Let's try to hone in and be mindful of how we're spending because I bet you they might be wasting some food. And to be mindful of how you're going grocery shopping and how you're spending. It might be a temporary time where you have to begin to incorporate kind of a different uh, method of meal prepping and being very mindful of checking your inventory first, because sometimes if you're like my mom, <laughs> she went double book and, you know, double buy things because she didn't realize she had stuff already, you know, in the freezer or in the cupboard or something like that. So this is a, a time to really, really be purposeful and be very mindful of actually how are you spending money and not, not waste at all and kind of double in your grocery spending or, you know, buying food that you really don't eat or shouldn't eat <laughs> because it's yeah I, I want to go further i want to go further melody i want to say that cut up the damn credit card um because what it's going to do is get you into a whole bunch of financial ruin it may seem like the easy solution today i promise you it is not in the long term especially with interest rates on credit card going to be topping i think 25 percent annually in the next 12 wow. months so you've got to stop using that credit card cut it up it is it is not the right solution You've got to figure out a way how to cut costs in your life. And if that means moving out of the area you're in, downsizing, moving back home with your parents, figuring it out, you cannot have credit card be the solution. So and I promise you, it's going to cause a lot more problems further down the road. Yeah, Howard, what, what about that? Tell us about how you've handled that. So um, I do agree with the, with the cost and the credit cards and just not using them at all. 
Um, I put myself on a budget where I don't use my credit cards. I if I don't have it, I won't buy it in that moment. Um, I was in some credit card debt before my son went off to college. I made sure I paid off all that debt and I put that credit card in the shredder. So I think that alone has helped a lot. And it, and you people don't really realize just how much debt a credit card is. Um, and I until I sat down and I did the budget and just in the minimum payments of my credit cards, I was spending three hundred and fifty dollars just on minimum payments for my credit cards alone. So that has been helpful as well now that I have to pay for his school. Um, yeah, it's um, paycheck to paycheck, as they say, but I see more of my money. And let me tell you something. I went to Fordham University in the Bronx. I had two jobs and I was a triple major at Fordham University. So I would tell you to tell your son, listen, we need we need we need to go to the, and get a work study job. There's there's little uh, jobs around campus that you can do and make some extra money to relieve some burden from you. He's got to have some vested interest in his own education as well. I know you're trying to do right by not having to have credit card debt. But I would say to anybody who's saving for college, make sure your kid has some skin in the game because that will make sure that they take school seriously. They'll study harder because they're going to invest in their own future as well. So I, I applaud you for what you're doing, but I want you to you know challenge your child to also be adding as much as they can to the table. Remember, I had two jobs. Oh, we I made sure um, when I dropped him off to sign him up for the work study program. So he is he is enrolled in the in the work study program, uh, which is going to help, which also also helps with the tuition. I'm a Hunter uh, graduate um, recently. I am working. Thank you. So I am working two jobs as as of right now. Um, I have my morning job at a hospital and then evenings I do therapy. So that has also been um, helpful. I wanted to take a little bit of a break after grad school but being that he's in school I had to just go straight through uh so right now at the moment I am working two jobs and are you sing are you single mom Yahira? yes I'm a single wow. mom that's a that's a that's amazing but what about the whole mindset too because Melanie we have you and you focus too on on urban culture or urban culture there's a whole thing about sort of maintaining appearances like our personal appearances our hair our nails for the women the men haircuts the clothes this you know the the whole the whole thing and then when you go to buy something now after they ask you for a tip or to do a survey they're like if you used your credit card if you got a store credit card you could have saved a hundred dollars or you could have saved however many dollars and you kind of like going well wait a minute but and then i'm like no no this is going to be like a 29 percent interest rate on it what do you say to people who are just like listen i got to use the credit cards i got to maintain well, you know, it goes back to what I was saying before in terms of being really clear and purposeful with your money. If you have a goal and an objective to rise up and move to the next level, you can't spend your dollars on things that are not in alignment with that particular goal and objective. It just doesn't make sense. You got to reel yourself back in <laughs> and realize what in the heck am I trying to do and is it in alignment with where I'm going? So if your brand is to have a particular, you know, parents and you can write that off, then I would say thumbs up. But if you're not, <laughs> you know, in the space where you're, you have, you can write off the kind of accessories of life, then you don't need to be spending it. You need to be very clear and very um, direct with how you're spending your money. So that goes back to, you know, knowing that you can do your nails yourself. 
you can install the eyelashes <laughs> yourself. Because I do recognize we do need to look good as we go throughout our day. I'm not saying, you know, wear a sandbag and, you know, walk to, you know, work. But we do need to be very um, clear and objective in how we're spending our money, particularly when you've got a clear purpose in mind, like with moms who are sending their kids to college and having school costs and working two and three jobs. Hey, there's no time for a whole lot of messing around at this particular juncture. No, absolutely. There's not a whole and there's not a whole lot of time for going grocery shopping, buying raw materials of things, then washing them, cleaning them, cooking them, doing doing all that. That's extremely time time consuming too. But um, and you know what? That's one reason why I encourage people to not only be very mindful of how they're spending their money, but also how they're organizing their time. The two go hand in hand. In addition to your health, right? Because something that moms I see focus a great deal on, which is natural, is what women do, is we put a lot of energy and effort into the growth and development of our children. That's our job as a mom, right? But then we do do that so much that we sacrifice our own health. And then therefore things begin to not go well <laughs> over the course of time. So what I encourage women to do, what I encourage moms, what I encourage people to do is to not only be very uh, clear about how they're spending their funds, but also to be mindful of their time. For example, like with um, meal prepping, meal prepping has multiple purposes, right? So it not only saves you money because you take inventory of the, of the uh, food that you already have, you create a menu from that, and then you go grocery shopping from that particular menu. You've already organized what kind of meals you're going to fix for the day or for the week, and um, you go from that list. You designate a particular time in the week or in the day to be able to cook the food that you purchase. And if, when you have children, bring them into the conversation too. Have them chop up the vegetables. Have them, you know, participate in it. It might take a little bit more time <laughs> to complete the meal prep through that, uh, incorporating the children. But it also brings them into understanding nutrition. And exactly. that helps. Don't, pick, don't the take cost. them into the grocery store right after you pick them up from daycare or school because they'll be starving and want everything and run up and down the aisles. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take a short break. The other thing I want to get into is we're hearing unemployment is very low. So are Americans working harder, working more jobs? What's really going on on that front? We'll find out when we come back. Stay with us. What it do, what it do, man. It's your boy Roscoe Dash. And this is the Street Soldier with Lisa Evers, man. Real issues, real politics, real people. Only on Hot 97. Let's do it. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the cost of living crisis. Joining us is Melanie Perry. She's a financial advisor. Her company's called Zillionaire, Zillionaire Enterprises, the spelled Zillionaire. Also with us is Yahira Tejeda. She's a single mother of three and uh, ranging in age, three boys ranging in age from nine to 18. She's working two jobs, college graduate, grad school graduate, uh, working two jobs to try to keep her family going and keep her boys moving forward. Also with us is Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president and portfolio manager with Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, you have clients all around the world, international clients. You travel a lot around the country. We're hearing unemployment is, is low. Like a lot of people have jobs. So shouldn't that be a good thing and be easing the the burden for people? Or is that, where does that fit into this picture? 
unemployment is really low, but you think about what are the jobs that they're asking you to do, right? So there could be a lot of jobs, but many Americans don't want to do these jobs. And so that's why you're having unemployment the level that they are right at where it is right now. But you're, you're still finding Americans that are underemployed, where they have a job, they're getting 20 hours a week, not the 40 or the 35 that they'd like for full time. And that's counted in the numbers. So if you look at it, what you really need to do is look over time of how has income um, um, risen or, or fallen for Americans. And it's it's really just gone up very, um, you know, a very in a small level for the last 50 years in regards to what you were getting paid then, what you're getting now uh, compared to the cost of inflation. So we're not making enough to keep up with inflation right now. And that's the bottom line. And so, um, what you know, what I'd ask for everyone to do is if you're only getting 20 hours a week, See if there's a way to pick up a second job that allows you to do that. Because there are all these jobs, and I would say that, you know, consider taking a step back, possibly to have a job that you may not like, with the hopes of you really proving to your employer that you should have more responsibility and more income. And so I think I that's what I would advise on um, anyone, because I don't think the jobs that people would like are as out there as much as we'd like, even though unemployment's really low. So you're saying that even though the employee, so if somebody's, let, let's say they were working full time and had had regular overtime pay, but that overtime got cut. And some of these cutbacks, they just there's no impact on this unemployment rate. It still shows them as unemployed, even yeah, though if you work yeah, if you're working a certain amount of hours a week uh, before the pandemic and less now, you're still employed, right? On the, so the company might be saving thirty or forty percent off their bottom line. Yeah, however, tell us about the kind of work that you do that you've been doing. Well, um, so my day job, I work at Mount Sinai Hospital, and I'm a patient navigator there. Um, and then uh, I just finished, I just graduated from grad school and I'm doing therapy. So I do individual co couples and family therapy on the side. Um, still building up my caseload as we speak, but um, I'm doing that out of private practice. Well, that's 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 huge accomplishment to be doing that and raising three kids. Really? Yeah. Uh, they um, it kind of like sets the bar high for them. Um <laughs> They're all trying to like, ah, we're going to make it. We're going to get a master's degree as well, mom. You did it. I'm doing it. And um, it has helped also even with my with my 18 year old. Um, I think that really influenced him to want to go to college. Just because he saw what you that you made it happen and made it work. And yeah, never did everything like that with him. Um, Melanie, what about people who say, OK, you know what? Um, th this is what the price is today. It's going to just go up next week, so I'm going to buy two or I'm going to buy three. I mean, even thing, even things for the house, you know, like toothpaste and like just basic stuff. It keeps going up like something that's $4 is now $6 or $7. And people are like, well, let me get it now because it's only going to keep going up. What do you say to that mentality? What do you think of that? Well, you know, there is a strategy in buying in bulk. But you do have to be mindful of are you being extreme <laughs> in buying in bulk? And when it comes to, uh, you know, bringing in additional income, if you are looking at more jobs, then you're you're really putting yourself in a position to exhaust yourself. At this day and age, with the ability to make money in the palm of your hand, it's now more so about monetizing your God-given wealth, monetizing the wealth from within and being able to bring in money from the talents that you were born with. In addition to focusing on, as you are positioning yourself to save, to buy assets that will generate income. All right, that's part of it. Let me ask him about that. Mark, what about that? Listen, if you're if you're struggling to make it uh, from uh, from paycheck to paycheck, you're not going to be doing a lot of investing. So 
the first thing you have to do is make sure you have a, a budget, a firm budget that you know, just like you know your phone number. I know how much I owe at the end of the month for all my fixed expenses in the house, and I know how much um, I, I make. And so you should be in the black every single month. You shouldn't be in the negative. If you're in the negative, something's got to change, whether you have to get a second or third job or you got to move out of the place you live. It, it's all either one of the two. Otherwise, you're going to cause yourself financial ruin, not making an, um, a, a move that's going to impact you being in the black. Black is in the positive every month. If you can get to that point at, um, where you're saving money every month, then you can consider yourself going into the stock market investing and making a return. Averages around 8% a year, the, the S&P 500 in that. But until you get that budget firmly under wraps and you can save um, $500, $1,000, $2,000, dollars you shouldn't really consider investing because you do need an emergency fund um, to, to weather the storm in case you lose your job. And so you're going to need that cash to sit around. Once you have six months of an emergency fund, six months of fixed expenses, going back to that budget I just talked about, if you don't know your budget, how do you know how big your emergency fund should be? So you got to have that budget, just like your phone number in your mind. You got to have six months of emergency expenses in cash. Anything over that, go into the stock market, make some money like, like we're doing around Wall Street. Market's up 15% year to date, and, uh, and we're having a great time making money here. But yeah, until you get to the point where you have that emergency fund in place, you can't get to the investing part. And do you see people, do you see some people that have come into a lot of money or have a lot of money that we would consider millionaires that they don't have a budget and then they end up getting in trouble for it? All the time, all the time. People live like they, you know, YOLO, right? You know, you only live once, do whatever you want, flying first class, going on, the vaca going on 10 vacations a year. And you know, all of a sudden, someone who has $4 million has a million dollars 24 months later. So you have to have a budget. If you don't, you will definitely get yourself into trouble whether you're making $50,000 a year or $500,000 a year. Yeah, Howard, did you do a budget like that? Yes. Um, so uh, I'm I'm hearing him and it's everything is like all coming back. Um, so when I when I set my budget, um, one of the things that I did be, besides investing in my 401k, my retirement plan, I also opened up a savings uh um college savings account for my son. Um, I only did it when, for my oldest and Aside from that, like every time I would get a raise at work, I don't count with that extra money that I'm that I'm getting the raise for. That goes directly for my savings. So I I do that because I'm like if I'm able to survive off, off of like what fifteen hundred biweekly, um, any extra money is just that extra money, not extra money to spend, but it could be used for savings because if I've been able to make it happen with what I went in with getting paid then that's what I'm doing. So and your honor, your honor was smart too because she opened up a college savings plan because any growth you get in a college savings plan is tax-free. You can make 50% gain and you don't pay any taxes on that 50% gain in a college savings plan as long as it's used for an educational purpose like college or high school or graduate school. I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yes, so um, that has that also helped. Um, I did start a little, a little late with him. Um, the the reality was sinking in. Oh, he's a, he's a freshman in high school. Let me get into this. Right. But it was the little bit that I was able to put into that has been helping today. Melanie, what about what do you do? What do you, what do you find with your clients with with budget making and doing budgets? It's the fundamental piece. That's the first thing that we start off with. Once we have clarity of our goals and we have an idea of where we're trying to go, then we have to make sure we're clear about money coming in and money coming out. Uh, once you're clear about that, then you need to be clear about 
the effective ways to begin to put money aside. And I have a three bucket rule that I encourage people to follow, which is to have a dip account, emergency account, and a wealth account. And that dip account is for those kind of uh, kind of like a rainy day fund. So if your son is like, hey, mom, there is a event coming up that's going to help, you know, add to my college experience. And you're like, well, you obviously didn't plan for that. You could dip into the dip account and be able to help your son out in that regard. The emergency account is just that. We know what that is. And the wealth account is for the sole purpose of purchasing assets. And by assets, I mean anything that puts money in your pocket today or at some point in the future. And by having these three buckets and having a purposeful um, purposeful accounts and pr purpose for each one of those accounts and clarity of how much is going into each, you can begin to position yourself to purchase income generating assets and not necessarily the stock market. And don't get me wrong. Go ahead. And don't get me wrong. It's it's not easy to budget with three kids. Like it it, it really is not easy to budget with three kids when when we think about rent, light, cable, and every other expense. Um, gas, gas alone. Um. So it, it's not something that it that it's easy um to do, but I think that once you get like into the hang of this is um this is for the, this is gonna be used for this and this is gonna be used for that, um it just comes easier. Um, is just putting it into practice. Um, one of the things that I that I did notice like before, um, when my kids will come to go to school, they're all all three of them were in charter school before my oldest went into um college. So having all three in charter school, these uniforms, I would spend probably eight hundred dollars, if if probably more than that, just at the beginning of the school year. But this time around, because my son is in college, I wasn't able to just go out and spend all of this amount of money uh, for for uh, their school uniform. So what I did was even now, okay, we're gonna get just short, short sleeve. It's still hot um, out here in New York, so just. Uh, short sleeve, uh, wear a jacket. And then when the weather starts getting a little cooler, get the long sleeve. Um, if you don't have gym this semester and you start having gym in January, you know what? That gives me from September to December to save up to buy your, your gym uniform when the time comes instead of buying it all at once. So even in that, I had to um, strategize how I'm going to spend money. Every single thing. Yes. Every single thing. And then what do you tell them when they, one of the hardest things is to tell a kid, no, you know, they want something and you, you, you would love to get it for them, but it's not in the budget. How do you deal with that? Well, um, it's pretty easy with my boys. Thank God. <laughs> um, they're pretty good boys. They know that if, if I don't have it right now, it's okay. Maybe later on when I'm able to get it for them and they're, and they're fine with that. They understand that. Um, even my oldest out in college, she's like, oh, can you can you send me some can you send me some money? And, you know, I let him know, like, I don't have it right now uh, when I get paid in the next pay period. And I'm like, yeah, but you have a meal plan. Use your meal plan. Why are you eating McDonald's? So he hears that a lot. Like all those all those little things. Mark, how, how young is too? Is there such a thing as too young to make a kid aware of money and how much things cost? You know, they want the sneakers. The boys want the sneakers. They want this. They want that. Uh, well, my son's in kindergarten, going into first grade, and they're talking about budgeting now. So he's six years old, going to be seven, you know, next month. So, no, I think as soon as a kid can add and subtract, that is the time to start talking to them about how money works. Because uh, kids, once they understand how the world works and how money, things cost money and how much, we, um, you know, 
how much we make, how we might be able to afford it, all that stuff. It helps them to uh, not only see the world, but also, I think, perform better in the classroom because they now have a goal in mind. Like, listen, if I get a great job, I'll be able to afford that thing that I can't get right now. And I think you need to give your kids incentive to work hard. And so the first thing to give someone incentive is that financial incentive, right? And so if you can tell your kids how money works, if you open up a lemonade stand, how much you can charge for the thing of lemonade, or if you go and rake some leaves at the neighbor's house, who's a senior citizen, she gives you $10, what you could do with that. And I think it gives kids a lot of incentive to do uh, great things a lot. It definitely did for me. Yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting. I teach a financial literacy class um, for kids, and I've taught them as young as preschool, which is very ironic. Now, to try to get them to understand, you know, the concept of savings was something else. But I think what parents um, can benefit the most from is engage their children into their their spending and into the financial experience because they're listening. They're listening, they're watching, they're paying attention. And the more you're able to say, hey, you know, well, rather than buying, you know, the X-Men doll or whatever, you know, let's look at the creative aspect of that. How was that put together? And get them thinking about the process of how it was developed versus just the excitement of the tool. And Melody, not only are they listening, they're emulating what they're seeing. Uh, exactly. And and making it fun. That's something I learned with my with my nine-year-olds. I bought him this cute little Amazon um, uh, piggy bank. And it's like a safe and uh, every dollar he puts in accounts for it. Every quarter he accounts for it. So he gets really excited. My nine-year-olds have not spent now one dollar for each of it. Every every birthday he gets his money he saves. He has not spent a dime. And he just gets really excited. And sometimes when I tell him no, he's like, oh, can we order pizza? And I go, no, no, I, I don't have money for pizza. He's like, mom, but we could take it from my piggy bank. I could help you. I have enough to help you so we could Aww, buy pizza. That's so, so cute. Yeah, just making it fun for them, too, and just how fun saving is and and seeing their money grow. They, they get excited about that. And never too never too young to empower them. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more from our guests on this whole issue of the cost of living crisis, surviving it. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles P, the Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on the Cost of Living Crisis. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining me for this conversation, Melanie Perry. She's a financial advisor. Her business is called Zillionaire Enterprises. Also with us is Yahira Tejeda. She's a mother of three boys. A single mom raising an age from nine to 18, working two jobs, grad school graduate, therapist, working in the hospitals, helping people navigate their way through there and those situations. Howard, thank you so much for being with us. Melanie, thank you for joining us. Also with us, Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president and portfolio manager of Wells Fargo Advisors. Um, Mark, in terms of the this cost of living crisis, if people are just like, it's wearing me down. Some people have said, you know, couples, it's like destroying their relationship, destroying their marriage. It's just making them not as good parents because it's just so much uh, stress for them. What advice do you have for them? What should they do? If it's just no matter what they do, they budget, they try to make everything work, especially in the New York area, metropolitan area. It's like some of the most expensive in the country. Lisa, you're absolutely right. And there have been a lot of articles about people fleeing New York City because of this reason. And that, unfortunately is the easiest way to solve your financial issue is to possibly look for somewhere that has a lower cost of living. Now, if you don't want to move out of the New York City area, great place to consider, Bridgeport, Connecticut. 
uh, Newark, New Jersey. I know in Bridgeport, there are uh, one family homes for less than $200,000 for sale. Rent for a two bedroom is going for less than 1800 a month in some parts of Bridgeport. So, and that is a Metro North ride to Grand Central, hour, hour, hour and 10 minutes. So think outside the box. Just don't think of the five boroughs as the only place you can live on the planet. Uh, unfortunately, it costs money to move. And so I understand that. So you have to save, you have to budget, like we've been talking about the whole show, in order to make this change. You can't just leave and it costs you nothing. So, but I would definitely consider looking around the surrounding area and seeing where the lowest cost of living places are and downsizing to something that's going to put you in the black every month. All right. Yeah, Hira, what advice do you have, what advice do you have for, for other working parents, especially single moms? Um, just look at the budget, see where you need to spend, where the necessity is, what, what is needed. Um, and just cut down. Um, I did a lot of that even with, um, Netflix and Hulu and I uh Disney Plus. I had all these stuff that I just started just cutting off. And you'll see, even if it's just the, those $12 a month, it makes a difference. Um, those $12 a month is two gallons of milk. Um, so it it just in that when you start just seeing and viewing things that way, like if I cut this, it would be it would help me with this. It just gives you a different mindset of and also what's not needed. There's so many free apps that you could just watch all these movies on anyway to begin with um, that I didn't know until my 18 year old told me about. And I just cut everything off after that. Yeah, um, it's, a lot it, of it's been very helpful. Um, it's been very helpful to just do that. And also what is really needed? What do they really need? Um, does a child really need 20 pairs of sneakers in a year? Um do they really need to have the latest sneakers that just come out? Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's okay. Yeah, you, you, it's okay, fine, we're going to get it. But other times, it, I don't have it and this is what you're going to wear. And just making them aware and just normalizing those things that it is okay to just not have the, the or live beyond your means. Um, it just normalizing that. It, I think it's just, not a flat, it's just not a flat, no, you can't have this. There's a, there's a reason for it. Um, Mel Melanie, in terms of what do you think are the like the top most you know most important things for people to keep in mind at this time? Because we don't know where things are going. Yeah, I I think um, I think Yaharia hit it on the nail. You have to normalize conscientious spending. We're in such a consumer-driven you know economy, and we're so hyped up and getting the latest and the greatest, and that's not in alignment with our ultimate purpose in terms of what we're here, you know, to do, which is to add value. And I would encourage people to also, um, in terms of being conscientious with your spending, is to, if you can't move, is to be resourceful and um, connect with your community, connect with your family, ask that auntie, ask that neighbor. And, and you'd be surprised how willing people would be in helping you out as long as you're helping as well and being mindful of that as and being mindful of um having to stay put if you can't move the song here is in trying to figure trying to become private yes way, way to do it and mark just just big picture for the future are there is there any way of knowing where things are things just gonna keep going up and up and up as long as there's a lot of money sloshing around in this country to buy things then it costs costs are going to go up. It's a supply demand issue, right? If there's 
if there's lots of demand, not enough supply, you're going to have the cost of goods go up. And these companies coming out of the pandemic have gotten very slick with producing less so their prices stay high. So that's why when someone talked about the polo at the beginning of this show costing more money than it did two years ago, there's a reason for that. Because all these clothing manufacturers are producing just enough to have inventory. And, and so there's a lot of demand and not enough supply keeps their prices up. If there's a waiting list for anything, you can't lower prices. That's just how it works. These companies have gotten very clever on just producing just enough to make sure the price of everything stays up. So you have to be also very mindful of that and making sure that you are uh, budgeting for specific items properly. Uh, your fixed and variable expenses, nothing should just be just paid out without you thinking about it. And having a strategy in place how to pay from everything from rent to, you know, some flowers for uh, someone's birthday party. Everything has to be budgeted out. All right, great. I want to thank you guys for being with us and uh, helping us navigate through this very, very important topic for our audience. Um, thank you so much, Melanie Perry, Yahira Tejeda, Mark C. Smith. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. And thank you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and prosperity for all.